How are you guys doing? Welcome over here to Speak the Truth. This is episode 41. Yes, that is right, 41. I can't wait to get to episode 100 because maybe we'll be at 100,000 subscribers by then. <laughs> that would be absolutely impossible because that would be like two months from now. Unless YouTube went free, free will and nilly like it did six years ago. A lot of people don't realize there was actually something. Oh, matter of fact, let me pull this up. I'm going to read this verbatim so I, I don't get this incorrect. I sent this over to Flair yesterday. YouTube comes out with these policies all the time. Hey, if you're watching over YouTube, which I know you are because you have to approve this video, don't worry. I'm not making, I'm actually just reading exactly what comes from your site, which doesn't make any sense. I always throw these policies on the creators, not specifically for this channel, but mainly for, for, for lunkers, let's say, and for demo. I, I pulled this from him. <laughs> this is so goofy. But they always throw these, these, these random things on the back end of the channels. We have to click when we, we're saying what's inside the video. If it has like guns or shooting or hunting or whatnot, you have to click these separate boxes. Sometimes figuring out which box to check could be like running through a maze blindfolded. That's the best way I could put it because it's very, very vague and they always utilize that wrong box you checked to ding your channel. So it can be, it's extremely vague. So that's the best way to put it. Put a blindfold on, run into like a, a maze that's full of, you know, like at Halloween time, the ones that are hay bales, hay bale maze. There you go. You know, you, you run into the walls. Anyway, I don't know what the f- I'm going with this. Here we go. New update. It's really weird. Didn't, they didn't. They don't let us know. We just have to find out ourselves. Non and semiotic and unmodified guns shown in a safe environment like a shooting range or a clear open area to not a danger bystanders or property owned by others. Firearm and painting gun assembly and disassembly for repair or maintenance. That's literally one of the categories. Category number two. Use of guns inside, outside, controlled, safe environments, use of airsoft or ball BBs against others without protective gear. I would assume if you click that one without protective gear, you're 100% going to be demonetized on that one. Content that shows gun creation or modification, including assembly or disassembly in the context of modification. What in the actual f*** does that mean, YouTube? (laughs) I'm going to reread that again. Content that shows gun creation or modification, including assembly or disassembly in the context of modification. Promotes gun makers or sellers or facilitates sale of gun or its parts. Minor using, minors using guns without adult supervision, supervision. Content showing guns modified with bump stocks or hair triggers. Thermal or infrared sights. Using of thermal or incendiary ammunition. Content featuring large capacity magazines, 30 rounds or more attached or separate from the gun. So this is how they ding your channel so bad. I don't know why I'm even talking about this because I think it's so goofy. <laughs> That's probably what I'm talking about. If you have a magazine as a 30-round magazine, did they call it a clip or a magazine? I didn't even really know. It doesn't really matter. If your magazine is sitting in the background right here and it's a 30-round or more, you have to click that box, even if it's not even inside the video. That's how they That's how they get your channel. I know you guys on YouTube are watching this right now, so you, I, there's nothing in the background that may scare you guys. Maybe my helmet. What, oh, this is a fake grenade. Just so you're aware, YouTube, there is nothing inside of here. If I pull this pin, nothing's going to happen. This is actually a training grenade. It's a real training grenade, but it's blue. You see this blue? You see this bottom piece, YouTube? It's not real. There's nothing in there. They stick like a blasting cap in there, and it just goes... Anyway, I don't know how I started. I just wanted to say that because I thought it was super goofy. And if you guys are wondering why this channel always has videos, like it seems like a day late or so, it's not because it's my doing. It's because people at YouTube, they 
They have to approve every single one of the videos. And I feel like YouTube itself is going down. (laughs) I've seen more creators over the last month that are starting to move away from the platform itself and create their own paid platform. That's like not even a joke. Nilk posted yesterday that they're they're starting to move every single one of their videos over to their own paid platform. Steve himself. Steve is actually, I don't know if we worked with Nelk that one time last year. I've actually seen him twice. I saw him in Vegas, oddly enough, randomly at a hotel. But they were the same there. They were all super messed up, though. It was kind of funny watching them. But when I met him here in, in Texas and went into Oklahoma, we blew up a car on my ranch. Those guys are chillest. There's any other YouTube you guys see in, in the world, they're always chill, relaxed. They're just like, yeah, whatever. We're just going to go out and do it. But they turn it on for cameras. That's pretty much main thing, especially Outlaw. You guys know who Outlaw is? Outlaw Dibber? 100% the same kind of guy. Turns it on for camera, chills hell off camera. Normal. But they posted yesterday that they're going to push all their stuff to a, a, a their own paid platform, which I don't, I don't. I think that's a great idea. I really do. I have nothing against it. I think it's amazing. Because then you're allowed to do the kind of content you're, you're talking about, and which is kind of funny. They started talking about it, and Flair and I just started pushing the Google Uncut thing, which we're, I think we're going to change the name to Uncut Outdoors or whatever. But what I'm saying is they're doing that because Steve posted he, had a, he got 175 million views. 175 million views last year, just on his channel alone. He made $3,200 on 175 million views. My, my, my Lunkers channel altogether over like five years has done 400 million views. So, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with this, but I'm just, I started off by talking about gun modifications on YouTube and how they're going super crazy with it. And it's gotten even worse. So you have creators like Demo Ranch. I would not be shocked if six months from now, his, I mean, if you guys go look at his numbers as well, too much, like everything that's going on over there is just crazy. His numbers have came down significantly over the last year on everything. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I feel like I just kind of got off topic from something I don't normally talk about on here, but I was doing some research yesterday with the CEO of Guggen and we were looking at everybody's channels across the platform when it comes to outdoor industry related people. Everybody, not just we're kind of like, man, why are views usually this time of the year? Views are pretty good. Ebb and flow of YouTube is the exact same thing every year that I've been doing this. I feel like I've been doing this for quite a long time on Lunkers for quite a long time. I mean, I'm almost doing it six and a half, seven years now or so. And that's quite a long time for a creator to be making videos. And it's the same thing every year. You have September, October come down, November, December come up, and then it skyrockets to summer and then comes back down. Same thing. This is like the only year where it's done like this for every single outdoor type influencer all the way across the board. And it started about a month and a half ago. He thinks it's due to the fact that Apple came super strict on their privacy policies. And so now they're not, they they can't track you as well. I don't know if that's, that's the case or not, but that could be the case. You know, when you get on the website and it says, will you like me to track my cookies or whatever? That's what he's talking about. As I know, we're not, not just us, but uh, companies in general, their ability to track the consumer on social media is significantly impacting the amount of money they're generating off ads that they're putting on on Facebook and so on. And that's why you're going to see Facebook take these such huge hit on ad revenue uh, here over Q1 or Q2 and going into the next year and so on. It's because of that uh, policy that Apple's put in effect. I have no idea how we went from gun manufacturers or no, excuse me, the, the gun thing on YouTube clicking the boxes to that subject. My mind is a strange one. I don't know if that was interesting to you guys. I'm sorry. Went on a little bit of a tangent there. I probably could go on many tangents that have nothing to do with what's going on in the world. Okay. So if you guys did not know, 
uh, about, what was it, last week? I think it was last week I was talking about they were the Biden administration was thinking about giving $450,000 to illegal immigrants. If you guys don't know what to talk about, if you guys are new to the channel, thank you so much. Hope you hit that subscribe button. Usually we don't go on rants like that. But uh, Republicans in the House on Thursday will introduce a bill, introduce a bill, excuse me, to block a reported plan by the Biden administration to pay millions of dollars to illegal immigrants that were actually separated by Trump. Well, not by Trump personally, but his administration. The bill would block the attorney general from making any settlement payments to illegal immigrants that directly arise from their violation of immigration laws. So if you guys do not know, I'm going to catch you up to speed real quick. They were going to come in, hand these people money who broke uh, the law of coming into our, our nation illegally, and they were detained, separated from their families, and they were just going to pay them. They were going to pay them more money than we pay service members who are killed overseas in action during our use of the SGLI which is only $400,000 at max. So it, reco- it, uh, it represents a coordinated effort by the House of Republicans to block reported plan by the Biden administration to pay $450,000 per migrant who was separated under Trump's zero tolerance policy. They were going to pay him $450,000 apiece. It was an apology, apparently, I guess. I don't really know how they're going to... That's the best apology ever. If that's the case, I came into this country illegally myself when Trump was in office. Can't prove it otherwise. Maybe the videos online might might prove it, but anyway, the payments therefore could amount to close to one million per family in one billion dollars overall. So, if you guys are all for it, this is for you. If you're not, then well, you're probably enjoying this channel a little bit. Democrats lock down the economy, pay people not to work, raise your taxes, and I want to give illegal immigrants four hundred and fifty grand. Anyway, we'll end it on this one. Meanwhile. The ACLU shot back late Wednesday to Biden's dismissal of the reports, saying that Biden may not fully be briefed about the actions of his very own Justice Department as it carefully deliberated and considered the crimes committed against thousands of families separated from their children as international government policy. Uh, Intentional government policy, excuse me, not international. The ACLU, you know what? I had to go on and actually look at some of the ACLU jobs. Man, they got some jobs that pay pretty well. I think you need to change your job title over there, Charles, and go work for them. Jeez Louise, dude. 250K, 200K, 250K, 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 200, 200, 200, 250K. They got some jobs if you're looking for a job. That's all I wanted to know. I knew they were a nonprofit, but I was kind of interested to see. I think they had a total budget of just over three, I think it was $300 million. No, okay, I'm not going to pull it up. It doesn't really matter. But they pay their people pretty well. <laughs> Nonprofit though, but they pay their people pretty well. Good job. All right. So I couldn't imagine why they want to win that one. <laughs> oh, man. This is always an agenda for somebody, isn't it? So if you guys did not know, which most of you guys didn't, if you're, if you're listening to this, I don't know why I say that. If you guys did not know. Yeah, of course they don't know. They're, they're listening to that. I haven't heard it yet. <laughs> uh, the Marines are actually going to overhaul the way that they uh, do the recruiting. So when I drop Charles off at the recruiting station here in about a year or so, he's going to figure out if he wants to go to Army or Marines. That's the only choices he has. And he only has one job choice. So he just gets to choose between branches. So the Marine Corps released a new plan on Wednesday that says it must overhaul how it recruits and retains Marines, suggesting for the first time in decades that threats posed by China and other adversaries will require personal changes that could require some shrinking of the service to accommodate new emphasis on keeping trained personnel, which is really, really smart. You know how much money it costs to train an individual that is in the military? Depending on the job, of course. I mean, there's paper pushers, they're one-time training fee, essentially, and then they're done. But, for instance, the people that are on the ground 
fighting pretty much. I mean, you know how much money goes into to training those people over like a four year period, just like a normal infantryman. The amount of money that they spend shooting rounds downrange, blowing stuff up, getting the getting the expertise behind a rifle, essentially, and getting the comfortability, like being comfortable behind it. That's pretty. That's the kind of training that you can't replicate and or just sh- poop out really quick. <laughs> Caught myself there. You see that? So for the past 35 years, Berger said that the service has actually turned over about 75% of its force each year, rotating annually through thousands of young enlisted Marines who join for four years while other service retain a higher percentage of troops. The Army did a really good job on re- retaining people because I think they're a little bit not saying that Marine are crown eaters, but y'all are crown eaters. I've never had to deal with y'all that much other than watching you guys literally ingest pounds of crayons for Thanksgiving. That actually never happened, but y'all are crown eater and you're watching this and listening. Hello. How you doing? But seriously, you know, they've, they've literally, uh, army did a really good job of actually retaining its people. Uh, when it comes to leadership roles, which you can't train leaders. You, I mean, I, I don't believe that. I think a person's either bred to to lead or they're not. They can stay in the military long enough and just gain rank, which is true. You really can. I mean, if you just keep signing up, you're going to gain rank because there's only not going to explain it in too far detail, but there's only so many enlisted ranks that are able to give out. And sometimes they got to fill them. So especially during a time of war. Birch said the Marine Corps is going to have to treat people like human beings instead of inventory. I sincerely don't really believe in that. I think everybody inside the military should be treated like inventory and not human beings. I'm backwards on that. I, I mean, that's just me, though. Making appealing for who are already have experience, he's just going to go on and say the exact same thing I was talking about. But that, that's, that's the thing. I think everybody inside the military is a number and should always be looked at as a number because everybody is generally replaceable that is just a normal person. They really are. In, in the grand scheme of things. So when I was getting out of the military itself, I... I was, I was having, uh, the way I want to put this is, um, the, the army and the Marines, the military itself is always going to continue forward. When I was getting out, uh, it's hard for a lot of people to get out cause they're, they get injured and whatnot. And they were like, I, I excelled personally, like everything I did inside the military, I personally excelled at Cause it was just military is full of just people that are, if you have common sense and you have the physical ability to, to do anything, you're, you're going to, you're going to do well, it's just what it is. But when I was getting out, I, I, I was made to realize that the military is going to continue forward with or without you. Is my the first time I was literally telling me, I was like, man, I'm going to get out. And it's kind of sucks. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. He's like, don't worry about it. Military is going to be fine without you. Just get your shit done and get out of here. In the end, he looked at me like I was a number. That's because that's exactly what we are. In the military, nothing more than a number. They just rotate you in and out of position, and that's pretty much it. You fill a slot. You fill a slot. They have X amount of people they need. They fill that slot. So, anyway, that's where I was going with that. We'll move on. We're going to say in the U.S. though, U.S. border agents, they seized nearly a million dollars worth of cocaine. Cocaine. Yes, lots of cocaine was, that's actually not even the biggest one. That's actually the smallest thing we're going to talk about when it comes to the border. And I'm talking about the borders because Kamala Harris is supposed to be in charge of the border and keeping it safe. And over the last couple of days, there's been a lot of drugs that's been seized at the border, like a lot. U.S. Customs and Border Protections, yeah, they seed a big whopping 960 grand worth of cocaine. Officers examined a truck trailer with a non-intrusive image system, found 51 packages of cocaine. Cocaine, it was 125 pounds worth inside of a trailer. Good job. You guys did a good job there. Not as good as your buddies, though. Your buddies crushed it in a different area of the, the border. 
They busted American citizen that was attempting to haul 1.5 million worth of methamphetamine in the U.S. last week. Just days after intercepting a Mexican national smuggling smuggling 1.2 tons. Yes, you heard me right. 1.2 tons of methamphetamine. So yeah, that, that 960K cocaine bust wasn't that big of a deal. Because uh, apparently this woman that was a U.S. citizen from Brownsville was driving a 2008 Ford pickup during an inspection. They discovered 24 packages hidden inside of the truck that contained 76 pounds of alleged methamphetamine. Has an estimated street value of $1.5 million. That's not a big deal, though. Because like a week prior, they busted another driver, a 60-year-old Mexican citizen, transporting a load. And when I mean a load of methamphetamine, it was hidden inside of a 1997 Freightliner truck. Yes, inside the truck, they found 62 buckets containing 2,444 pounds or 1.2 tons of methamphetamine. That is a street value of $48,898,072. It's almost $49 million worth of methamphetamine was found at the border just over a week ago. To put this in perspective, the amount of meth that they found inside of this truck weighs as much as my boat that's sitting in the garage. Oh, My God, $49 million worth. Now we're going to get into the the nooks and crannies of this podcast. I don't even know really what that means, but we're going to get inside of them. Sometimes I say stuff and they sound better inside of my head and they come out. They sound really stupid. That was one of them. China. All right. This is this. This should put some of you guys on the edge of your seat when you guys are listening to this because it it is uh, interesting say the least. So China is expanding its nuclear force much faster than the U.S. officials had predicted just over a year ago. The number of Chinese nuclear warheads could increase to 700 within six years and may top 1,000 by 2030. The report did not say how many weapons China has today, but a year ago, the Pentagon said the number was in the low 200s and was likely to double by the end of this decade, by the end of this decade. So we thought they were going to have 400, but now they're thinking they're going to have 1,000. Pretty big difference. The United States, by comparison, has 3,750 nuclear warheads and has no plans to increase. And as recently of 2003, the U.S. total was about 10,000. So we've shrunk it down significantly. The Biden administration is undertaking a comprehensive review of its nuclear policy, sudden how much, whatever. That is not a good thing. That is not a good thing whatsoever. We're going to continue on that. We don't. I don't, I don't think Biden's going to... I think this is going to be one of the things that he's going to have to actually stand his ground on because he's literally lost everything else since his imagine going into a presidency with everything gifted to you from the vaccine to literally the most the COVID COVID pandemic before that we had like the best economy ever. So when it was going to come back, what's it still going to be the best economy ever? Everything was handed to him on a platter. And imagine going in like that, like, yeah, we're going to we're gonna absolutely crush it. Everybody hates Trump. I got everything handed. And just absolutely failing. So there's no way he's going to hopefully fail on this portion. We're witnessing one of the largest shifts in global and geostratic, um, strategic, excuse me, power that the world has ever witnessed. This is, this is coming from Millie, by the way. The Pentagon report said China is pursuing a network overseas bases that could interfere uh, with the U.S. military operations and could support Chinese military operations against the United States. President Jing, Jinping, Xi Jinping has said China plans to become a global military power by 2049. 
The report provided no details on the new missile fields, but private nuclear analysis have reported the satellite imagery shows that what appear to be vast new missile silo fields under construction in North and Central China. One of those facilities, they said, is a complex in the mountains surrounded by what appears to be four tunnels into underground facilities. Uh, facilities excuse me. The tunnels are under construction and have large amounts uh, of soil that have been excavated nearby. So that's just the, that's just the tip of this thing we're going to talk about. This is all new stuff that just came out, by the way. It's not me regurgitating stuff you haven't heard. China has set a 2049 as its deadline for achieving a superpower status, just like we talked about a second ago. That is coming out from a report by the Pentagon to Congress. The country actually hit one of its big goals in 2020, according to the report, dubbed Military and Security Developments Involving the People's Republic of China in Mechanizing Its Force. Excuse me. In essence, their weapons and systems are now networked and capable of transmitting data between systems in order to gather information and intelligence. The PLA is developing the capabilities to conduct joint long-range position strikes across domains, increasingly sophisticated space, counterspace, cyber capabilities, as well as the accelerating expansion of the PLA nuclear force. See, this is not a good thing. Probably not a good thing, right? As we're sitting here in America worried about, but here in America, we are worried about gender-neutral bathrooms. We are worried about what race our kids should be having conversations about inside of schools. Uh, We are teaching CRT without teaching CRT. What else are we worried about there, Charles? Many things. Oh, defending the police. That didn't work out too well. But China is sitting here in the backdrop running TikTok, ruining every bit of these kids' minds, which is a true factor because I I had to witness it myself. And they're sitting back laughing, creating one of the strongest militaries on planet Earth. China's military now stands at roughly 2 million personnel, according to the report, with plans to modernize capabilities to improve readiness in every domain, from land and air battle to electronics warfare and cyber. Of those 2 million, 975,000 are active duty in combat units. For comparison, the active duty U.S. military stands roughly at 920,000, with 2.3 million troops overall when reserve components are included. The PLA Navy is actually the largest in the world, with 355 ships. PLA Air Force and Navy, which has also an aviation component, now makes up the third largest aviation force in the world with 2,800 aircraft, and more than 2,200 of those are actually fighters, bombers, and other tactical aircraft. The U.S., though, has 13,000. The PLA spokesperson stressed that 2,027 is the goal that the Chinese military should comprehensively push forward in modernizing its military theories. Okay, this is getting kind of scary. Military organizational form, military personnel and weapons and equipment. If realized, this would put Beijing with more credibility military options in a Taiwan contingency. God dang, I'm reading a lot here for you guys. Spent a lot this morning reading. China is the U.S. number one military competitor and much of the U.S. military's own modernization is geared toward deterring, if not engaging in military clashes with China, most likely to be brought on by the use of force against their neighbors. What you're talking about? Taiwan. The only reason why we'd ever go to war with them is if they came out and started to slap around Taiwan just a tad bit. And I feel like I'm having, I'm, I'm literally just reading all this. This is all this, this, this one I actually just pulled from, it was actually from the Army Times. All that is actually coming from a report that, uh, they're given to Congress currently as we speak, or was given to them yesterday, I guess. That should make some of you guys slightly worried. All you that are 18 to 23, 24, you're going to be enjoying yourself here in maybe five years. I have no idea. I would assume it's not going to come to that. But I was watching some videos yesterday. China, yeah, they probably got an amazing military. You know what else does? Is Russia. Oh, my God. I was trying to do a Russia video on, like, watching some of their military stuff. I just ran out of time, and I had to go do some stuff. And... Their military is absolutely phenomenal when it comes to the training. Holy crap. They really are. They're pretty 
It was actually pretty impressive. They did do some weird choreographed like knife fighting and stuff, which don't really ever understand. At least they did not use bricks on their foreheads or their hands. I don't know what's with the Asian countries. They grabbed the rebar wrapped around their neck and they just twirl. Weirdest, weirdest stuff ever. But we'll go ahead and move on to the final one of the day. This one's we're flying back to America. Actually, we never really left America. I didn't talk about Taliban or none of that today because I didn't really feel like it. And there wasn't anything crazy that was going on. So Tuesday, you guys know the elections. Republicans candidate surged in all the blue states, which is good. Cities rejected major police reform and suburban voters actually showed their independence. So this is coming from CNN. So me and CNN, CNN, we have a, a history of having conversations pretty much with myself to them. And they go on to state this. It wasn't a bomb-throwing wannabe strongman who won over voters in the blue state. It was a smiling rich in a zippered vest who toned down but did not abandon racial issues that appealed to Trump votes, uh, supporters and seized on notions of so-called parental choice that appealed to subordinates. Just that entire sentence right there. Is, is that two sentences? No, yeah, it's two. Two very long sentences. Just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. For one, they're already smearing this guy's... They, for some reason, CNN has a problem with people that generate wealth. And I always go back to say, anybody who hates on somebody without money doesn't understand how to make the money. So they have to, that's like their way of coping of their insecurities of not understanding or fathoming business or just how to generate revenue other than working for some. Like, I'm not saying working for somebody is bad, but when you always, this is how they try to smear people with wealth. It just makes, it makes you look weak. Like weak-minded, does it not? Like, not saying like working for somebody's weak-minded, but this like smiling rich guy. It's like, yeah, okay, he's smiling, he's rich. Who f-ing cares? He did good. Anyway, this other piece that says uh, seize notions on so-called parental choice. No, they're talking about the whole CRT thing in school, and they the way that they word this stuff it's just so s- stupid sometimes. New Jersey, the Republican that was going off there, he lost. Big deal on this though. We already thought he was going to lose. Like that, like we weren't really expecting Virginia to be a winner. But the reason why this is such a big deal, he lost by very, very, very slim. And this is a Republican in a very, very blue state. Okay? It's like saying that a Republican is going to win New York. Not going to happen. Or California. Not going to happen. Biden won New Jersey by 15 points one year ago. Legitimately, one year ago, Biden won the same state by 15 points. And now this random Republican that nobody knows is coming out and literally loses by less than a percentage. That's a 15-point swing in a very, very blue state. And that should make everybody that's on the Democratic side just a tad bit nervous. I did post that video yesterday, or two days ago, excuse me, that was talking about this is the end of the Democratic Party as we know it. And it is very true. Not really the party itself, but going into 2022, there's going to be more red states, I think, than there's ever been. Like, ever. Because just everything that's happened over the last six, eight, nine, ten months with Biden, I think there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that's going to be see way more red across the country. And it all has to do with people are realizing the, the blue agenda, the soup. I think Biden may have just, he came in trying to think that he was going to be more centered, but realized he had to go more left to get the votes. And then when he got in, he went way too far left. And everybody that was in the middle was like, you know what? That agenda is a little too left for me. So I think we're going to, we're going to vote a little bit more right to kind of drag everything more center. I think if the thing is, is with the Republicans, they're realizing, they are realizing this, by the way, that Trump probably is not the best bet for 2024. 
I believe that myself. I know a lot of you guys may be Trumpers on this thing or what you, whatever you want to call yourself. I voted for Trump in 2020, mainly because Biden was a terrible option. Anybody in that ticket would be a terrible option. Trump was just, we know what we're going to get out of him. It is what it is. Mean tweets, scary tweets, low gas prices, whatever. Don't care. Didn't matter to me. But going forward, seeing this, if you voted for Trump, you're going to realize we probably probably don't want to probably don't want to do that again. There's many, many, many better options, by the way. So everybody's aware when it comes to looking as like a little bit more right-leaning guy that's more centered. The same, I like you got DeSantis, Dan Crenshaw. I mean, if you had either one of those on the same ticket, Dan, Dan Crenshaw is probably my favorite individual ever when it comes to politics. I'm trying to like think of more, but I love that guy. He, if he went in for, I'd be right behind. I'd be holding the coattails. Hell, I'd if he, if if I was a guy, I would like to be the guy that carries around Dan Crenshaw's toilet paper. Falls into the back. Hey, I got you. Don't worry, buddy. Keep doing what you're doing. I'll make sure you have paper at all times. If that was a job. Well, I would do it. All right. So Youngkin won Virginia. The reason why he won Virginia apparently to to CNN, which this is always a funny one. I love catching news outlets, I guess, in a lie. And this is why the ratings have absolutely plummeted. As we do know, we talked about that the other day. For instance, I think they had 700,000 viewers on one day compared to Fox having 1.4 million. That wasn't even from Fox posting. That was literally just real actual numbers. MSNBC had like 600,000. So you legitimately have YouTubers, by the way. I want to throw this out there. YouTubers that post one video that will get more views on their one video than CNN and MSNBC combined. Let that sink in. These just making YouTube videos from their phone sometimes. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Youngkin took a critical race theory, something that is not currently taught in Virginia schools and turned into a potent campaign. All right. I'm excited about this one. Fact check-in. Oh, Robert Turkla loves a little bit of fucking stats, huh? I love me some honest opinions. Or excuse me, there's no such thing as an honest opinion, right? Honest facts. There we go, the facts. Who's this even from? Let's make sure. The Daily Signal. All right. There we go. Virginia Department of Education documents from 2015 and 2019 promoting critical race theory for use in public schools. Can I just go back and say, this is from CNN, that what are they to say? Youngkin took critical race theory, something not currently taught at Virginia schools, and turned into a potent campaign. What does it say here? Department in 2015, Department of Education instructed Virginia public schools to embrace critical race theory in order to re-engineer attitudes and belief systems. They explicitly endorsed CRT. If you're going to lie about something, you better want to do a little bit of research on it. I mean, there's a lot out there. So superintendent of the public in instruction, James Lane, sent a memo to Virginia public schools endorsing foundations of critical race theory in education, calling it an important analytic tool that can further spur developments in education. That's an actual literal memo. Here we go. You guys want to keep going? I love this. They've got, I, I feel like before they publish these things on CNN or just anywhere, they probably should have somebody they're paying a measly salary to, to walk around and get their coffee. They probably should say, hey, will you please fact check this for me so I don't look like a complete fucking idiot? I don't know. A presentation by the department uh, on September of 22nd of, of 2015, legal implications of school discipline and mentions critical race theory three times on pages 22 and 27. Somebody's really dove deep into this. 
On February 22nd, also in 2019, a memo from James F. Lane, Virginia Superintendent of Public Instruction, promoted critical history in detail. The memo subject line was literally resources to support student and community dialogues on racism. And then it actually, I'm not going to read completely, but she actually gave Lane's list of books, Foundations of Critical Race Theory in Education. It's one of the books that she was apparently uh, wanting everybody to read. That was one of her, on her list. She goes on to explain why she loves it. She has another memo that comes out in 2019. I'm not going to read the entire thing because it's just more proof. But apparently in September, Fairf- this, this one's actually kind of crazy. In September, Fairfax County Public Schools, the school district in Virginia, most populous county, entered a $2.4 million contract with Panorama Education, a consulting firm known for promoting critical race theory in schools. Also in July, the Loudoun Public School District in adjoining county, just outside of Washington, paid $34,000 for 55 hours of training for personnel. The training included slides of white individualism, color group collectivism, and culturally responsive teaching. What in the actual fuck does that mean? (laughs) Can you explain that to me? What does that even mean? I feel like sometimes they take these words, they're like, all right, we're going to be an activist. Fuck white people, white individualism. What does that mean? Charles, answer quick, fast. None? Good. All right, here's the next one. Color group collectivism. I think if they just put ism at the end of it, they're like, activism. Fuck yeah, we're making it fucking rain dollars. 34 grand for this bullshit. Uh, you know what I mean? Make myself dizzy there doing that. So this is the exact reason why I think this podcast and this channel is extremely important. This right here, somebody would read this. Somebody is literally going to read this. And do zero checking on any of it. And just be like, yeah, that's exactly what happened. They don't teach it in schools. They're not pushing it. When in fact, for the last six years, there's been plenty of memos and stuff that has came out. They spent $2.4 million, for God's sakes, to implement it. Of taxpayers' dollars. And that goes on to me scrolling back up when she goes on. Or is this a she? Oh, excuse me. It's a he. Sorry. Actually, I don't know if it's a he. Holy from what I learned, pronouns don't get in, don't get mixed into those. It could be they, there, them, tree, plant, he, her. I don't know what it is. Anyway, it goes on to state this so-called parental choice. Parental choice. Who are the parents? The taxpayer dollars. That you spent how much money? $2.4 million on this shit. Guess what? It is f-ing parental choice at that point, is it not? You used, quote unquote, I'm not gonna, if I live there, you used our f-ing money to teach that we didn't want our kids to teach or be taught. All right, moving on. All right, I'm sorry. Got a little bit heavy-heated into that one. Woo! You know what I mean, Jelly Bean? The slogan, defund the police, is not also age very, very well. Uh, this is also the same article, and I love it because it's, it's, it's big, bold, and huge. So people do not miss this one. <laughs> they really fucked this one up. It goes on to say this. Maybe Democrats need to think long and hard about how to package efforts to remake American policing, particularly in the suburbs. <laughs> it's hard for me not to laugh about this. Even in Minneapolis, where the police killing of George Floyd kicked off national protest movements, voters rejected a plan to end the city's police department. That didn't work. That failed. Eric Adams, the new, the new mayor of New York City, won't be a radical liberal. He is a former cop who pushes law and <laughs> order alongside the need for accountability. Oh, that didn't work out either, New York. Okay, <laughs> okay. Well, that's good. Democrats made it move on from Trump, even, even though they seek accountability for his attempted coup in Congress. Oh, you mean the thing that didn't really actually happen that you just tried to promote? Okay. Voters are over it, clearly. This is great. This is, this is great. They're eating their own words going into 2022 because they realize, man, 
the smearing campaigns didn't pan out too well in our interest. Anyway, Democrats will now pivot. You can sense the freakout happening among the Democrats. Their moderate members already worried about the GOP's historical advantage in next year's midterm elections will be even more nervous about the massive social spending bill being pushed by President Joe Biden. If they don't pass a version of it, they'll have to squander a large portion of what's likely to be their only years clinging to complete power in Washington. Oh, Lordy Lord. If they don't get this passed now or soon, it'll never get passed because they're afraid of losing in 2022. Just saying. Told you guys. Stop talking about Trump. Don't bring him up. There's no need to talk about a past president. Yeah, I may get you all, y'all's people all fired up on the Democratic side. I made him even just absolutely thrilled. Like, yeah, we got to go out there and seek it. We got to vote for it. But if the guy they're running against doesn't even care about Trump, doesn't even bring him up in his in his speeches or talks about him on his campaign trail, do you really think you're going to get your, your voters really excited to go against this guy if he has nothing to do with Trump whatsoever? Literally, this Yunkin guy did not even take a, a teleconference phone in. He didn't even didn't attend a Trump deal with it. I know that Trump, a lot of you guys love him. It's fine. I don't, I don't really care. I, I, know, I know that a lot of people want to see him go in 2024, but I'm telling you, we're going to have a lot better options that are more centered, that will actually have an agenda. The problem with Trump, he never really had a full force on, like he never really had an agenda per se. Like he had some, but for the most part it was, it's kind of like me. He wakes up, he does what he wants, and that's what's going to happen with the country that day. If he gets up and he's in a bad mood, tweets some mean shit out, going to make some people mad, guess what? That's what's going to happen in America that day. That's it. But if we come out with somebody like, say, DeSantis, Crenshaw's our best bet. For 2024, Dan Crenshaw is probably, if he actually wants to, like, I would love to see him. All right. So I hope you guys didn't enjoy this uh, podcast over here. We got some more coming at you. I do love you guys. Thanks for hanging out with me over here on Speak the Truth. Please sub if you guys are still here. That didn't feel very good to the funny bone. I will see you guys later. I'm out. See you guys. I love you. Bye. How many times can I say out, but I'm out. Bye.